Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey there, this is Christina. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Mysteries with the History. Just a quick reminder that I have several other shows, one of which is only available on my YouTube channel, that being The Unknown Zone, which is a short 8 to 12 minute info video on mysterious topics. Then you'll also find Shifting the Paradigm and Weekly Strange News, both on all podcast platforms, but also on my YouTube channel. The links are in the description. And now let's continue with Mysteries with the History. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mysteries with the History, where I'll take you on a wild ride into the unknown, the strange, and the mysterious. Like you, I have questions, and like you, I want answers. There's more to this world than most think or believe. Mysteries that stretch back into murky epochs of time, that hint of other realms, other worlds, and other intelligences. We're on this journey together. With each episode, we will peel away the layers to look for the truth. Some presidents of the United States of America have allegedly been witness to extraordinary UFO sightings, while others have claimed to have attempted to dig into official reports looking for secret truths behind the mystery. Many prominent UFO researchers have postulated the secrecy for the UFO topic goes way above the presidential level of classified access on a very strict need-to-know basis. In this episode of Mysteries with a History, we will be taking a look into the many aspects of UFOs and United States presidents. To help me with today's show, let me bring in Jimmy Church of Fade to Black Radio, and he is starting out the show strong. Thank you so much, Jimmy. How's it going? Yeah. How Puck, you doing? Puck appreciates it. You just you just fed him ramen for like a month. Yeah, yeah, I did my ramen today. I got the pictures. So for those for those that don't know, whenever Jimmy's eating ramen, he'll send me a pic. He's like, Christina, look. And it's usually like lunch right before Thursday shows. He's like, that's the only way you can prepare. It's a holiday tradition. It's a holiday tradition. <laughs> Is every Thursday a holiday? You know, and here's the thing with that. It's a subconscious thing. You know, it, it's weird. That's the universe. Why on Thursdays, right? You know, I'm, I'm busy. I've got things. I'm And, and, and I always, I'm like, today I was like, ramen. And I, you know, and I'm thinking about it. And then I went, wait a minute. Christina is going to think I'm doing this because of her show. I, I, it, now I'm not, 
but I am. Yeah, yeah. it's weird, man. It's weird. And I went through a whole process today. Grilled chicken. Did you see that? I did. I saw it in the picture and I was like, my mouth was watering just looking at it because ramen has an incredibly special place in my heart. Jimmy, <laughs> I would like the state before we got started. Yes. I'm seeing some new names in the chat. So welcome, Pop Princess, and welcome to absolutely everyone that is watching this show live. Kevin, Area 51, Ken Priest. What up, Ramanots? <laughs> Michael, Jessica, welcome. Absolutely everyone. Um, I we have a lot to cover today, a lot of presidents to look into. Neurostream, what, what, thank I, you so I, much for stop, the super sticker. Stop, 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 stop. I'm you, stopping. You're, you're getting ahead of your skis. We have traditions we have to do. Christ you know, I actually don't know how to ski. Uh, I'll take you skiing. Let's go. We'll, Only we'll, if I can bring Puck and yeah, yeah, we'll bring the Puck. abominable snowman. We'll get you on the bunny hill. We'll get you, you know, uh, the instructions and stuff. Um, is, is this, where did you, this, this is a great topic. And I, I this is a topic that is always timely. There's always something going on. And certainly we have stuff going on today with the administration and the NDAA uh, passing as well. Um, oh, but what, what, what made you, uh, land on this, this week? This was not my idea. This was Christina's. This has actually been a topic that I've wanted to cover for a long period of time, but I've always felt kind of overwhelmed with this one. Cause there's a lot going on with this topic. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I think, I think I'm feeling ready now. And then when I was doing the research, I was like instant regret. I need more time to do the research for, th for this show. But I think that we still have, it's going to be jam packed with information today. I am really excited. And I think that a lot of people are also interested in this topic because time and time again, we have heard presidential candidates stating, if I'm president, I'm going to disclose UFOs. Mm -hmm. We hear it time and time again, and it makes you scratch your head. Yep. Huh. If these candidates are saying this for decades, it goes to show that the American public overall has to be somewhat interested in this conversation. Well, and it's also ruined uh, political careers, too, as well. And uh, I think that um, – and, and what I mean by that is this. There has uh, been uh, – uh, candidates you know on the campaign trail uh campaigning and as soon as they mentioned yeah i saw a ufo yeah i was abducted yeah i you know whatever it may be it's over it, it's it's political suicide and it's it's not that kind of party anymore christina i think that um it's a it's a safe zone to go in um Absolutely. like like mark tasaka he thinks he can just you know, bring up UFOs at any time, and and he can't. I want a Tasaka puppet so I can go Tasaka. That would be actually super awesome. But I'm in. I want to see that. But first, there's a few things I want to address. John, welcome as a first time listener and viewer. Sorry about that, John. So awesome that you are here, Jessica. Thank you so much. It's going to be a great show today. You betcha. Yeah, yes. And Ken Priest, <laughs> Ramanots Unite. What was that? Was that, was that Fargo? What, what was that? You betcha. I, that it, just, it, it only seemed appropriate to say it that way. You okay. betcha. 
Have you seen Fargo? No. Okay. Okay. That's it. After I know you're busy, but you got to watch it's, Fargo. This, it's 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 a finals this week and like whatever midterms finals, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's this week, so it's it's been really intense. I found another white hair, which was really exciting, but also shows the stress level. Um, can thank you. I appreciate that. And what? Mark, dude, seriously, this is like a whack time. But Mark, thank you so much. It says, Christina and Jimmy, please keep up the incredible work. I really enjoy watching your shows. Winky face. Yeah, right on. Right on. Thank you, Tasaka. Thank you so I'm gonna much. I'm going to get a, a Tasaka Saka puppet. <laughs> oh, oh, I kill me. Somebody <laughs> stop me. Somebody stop me. Okay. Um, uh, you want to get straight into it? Also, um, can I, I say, can I say this? Christina is going to carry the show today. Um, what? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, right. but here's the thing. She also left a few presidents off. And so, um, and, and she's got a very complete, comprehensive, well thought out list, well put together, but it's incomplete. And so I've, so I, I've got an addition or two. Jimmy, I just came to have a good time and I'm honestly feeling so attacked right now. <laughs> straight out straight out yeah and um and and, and there's reasons uh for me to make that comment because um uh the 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 information that y- you have compiled which is which is great this is going to be a great show but for me there was one one incident that uh, uh happened in 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 around 1970, 1971. And uh, we're going to, I'm going to bring that up. And uh, that, of course, if that's 1971, that would be President Nixon. And uh, that uh, is an incredible, incredible uh, story. And uh, so we'll get to that too as well. But we've got a, do you, do you want to do this? You've kind of got this laid out. Let me see. It, it, uh, it's uh, only appropriate to do it in order. Well, okay. Well, there's let me see here hold on a minute okay it's a little out of order if we're going to do it chronologically we need to switch around you're a college student you're in the middle you're you're pointing out all of my flaws today yeah i know right well no so what i'm saying is do we do this chronologically you want to do this in a linear fashion that everybody doesn't have to know where the slip ups are. We'll just, I'll make sure that they're done in order. And if we make a mistake, it's on me. (laughs) Well then let's, let's get started. There is one thing I would like to mention about the, about presidents in general is that we need to remember that being a president is merely a job for four to eight years. Right. And then another person comes along to fill in the job slot. So if each president was briefed on everything it could easily be leaked and that in itself would be a security threat but this all kind of started with the one and only harry truman yes it it, it started with with him yes i'm i'm adding more presidents to my uh, to to our list here so now i've actually got more so we're gonna we're gonna do it you like that? You can hear me typing. I'm actually like working. It. I've got a busy day today, and 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 to uh, uh, to be able to type this much and get in here and do this. Um, wow. Okay. So Harry Truman. Um, uh, Harry Truman. Uh, I want you to do your thing, 
But Harry Truman, if we go back, and one of uh, the excellent resources for any of this is Richard Dolan's uh, book, um, uh, UFOs in the National Security State, or how, however, the, you know, there's volumes one and two. Volume one, which deals with history and governments um, uh, up up to uh, the mid-century mark, 1947, 1950, right in there. Um, but he covers Harry Truman really, really well and the complexities of his administration and what was going on because you had uh, uh, World War II um, and, and what was uh, going on during World War II, which influenced, of course, everything after World War II going into 1947 and... And and the tr the start of the Truman years, so uh, yeah, Harry Truman. Where do we where do we go from here? Well, let's start off with the years that he remained in office, and that was between 1945 until 1953. He became president right after the death of FDR, so he served two terms. And during this time period, it was incredibly stressful for him, as it is for the majority of presidents. But as you had mentioned, he was still kind of dealing with World War II. He was then looking at some other issues to the point where, oh, and then obviously we can't forget Roswell, mm -hmm. 1947. And with all of these things happening at once, it was becoming a little too much for him. So he goes ahead and he creates the CIA. And then he allegedly creates MJ-12 along with having um, briefings from Project Blue Book during a few other very famous sightings that, that happened during the time of his presidency. The second most famous one being the, the um, UFOs seen over Washington, D.C. in 1952. That was a really, really big deal. Yeah, it, it, it was. And so what Truman was was dealing with um, we had uh, first off of, uh, well, let, let's back up. I'm going to back up the truck just a little bit. Okay. All right. So if we go back to World War II, we have the Foo Fighters and we had lots of different uh, things that were witnessed by not only, um, uh, it wasn't the Air Force yet that happened in, in 1947 too as well, um, but the Army Air Corps. And our fighters and fighter bombers that were flying, but it was also other countries as well. And it wasn't just in Europe. And there were lots of claims of Nazi technology, and it might have been that, but we also had it in the Pacific Theater uh, as well. And it wasn't just balls of light, um, and it, it it or a specific color. There were saucer shaped. Uh, things um, way before Kenneth Arnold and uh, the word flying saucer, but there were uh, descriptions of things. So we, he was dealing with that. And, and he, there was, um, you had the FBI, you had the OSS, which was the precursor uh, to uh, our CIA of today. And um, you had uh, the Navy, and their intelligence services looking at all of this too as well. And so this information is coming in and he starts to write some memos. And um, when uh, Kenneth Arnold happened, um, uh, which was in Tacoma, Washington and, and that sighting and the other reports that were coming in um, from around the country. And we also had the battle of Los Angeles 
and and a few other things that that happened. So with that, Truman writes a memo. And in that memo, he stated something very strange. He said, with everything that is going on right now, and he alludes to Kenneth Arnold and, and Tacoma, Washington, but he doesn't mention Roswell. But he says that we will now create a, 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 an agency and a, a project and we are going to have all of these reports from everything governmental and military all grouped together, and we're going to investigate this, and we are going to call it Project Sign. Okay, so that's, that's it. That was uh, obviously which moved to Grudge and then to Project Blue Book. But this was all Harry Truman, and the CIA was Harry Truman, and the creation of the Air Force was Harry Truman. All of this going down in 1947. Truman was very influential um, of not only what was going on in our skies and, and being very concerned about that, but the art of the cover-up. Okay, so under uh, his administration... You had Roswell, and you had other incidents that were going on around the country, and this needed to be dealt with and how the public learned about it. All of these formations, these ideas, and these mindsets were Harry Truman. Very, very big deal in the world of ufology that has gone on to influence us all uh, to this very day. And it makes you question that if it weren't for Truman and creating all these agencies and these groups, would presidents be briefed on extraterrestrials? Well, see, at that time, it was a different world. Now, in Truman's creation of uh, Project Sign and the memo um, and the creation of Project Sign, this is what he said. It's a very important document. He says... All of this will stop and start with the office of the president, you know, and, and so you would have thought that, right? Okay, that that, that tradition would continue. Clearly, it has not, and we're going to go through uh, many, many presidents and, and UFOs on, on the program today, but that was in his memo, you know, so that was his intention from the beginning with Project Sign. And everything that was happening with this phenomenon uh, throughout uh, the, the Department of Defense. And, and it, it's just so um, important to, to stress that he put in the memo, wanted to make sure that, you know, the buck stops here, right? This was going to stop and start at the office of the president. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It, it is. And it raises so many questions because, as I had mentioned at the very beginning, this is the man that started everything. That started everything regarding how the government handles the information with UFOs, crash retrievals, things like this. We did two shows on MJ-12. We went into detail and we touched on how there's support that there is, and we don't know if it's real or not, but that there is a handbook uh, talking about and going into detail of how to handle crash retrievals, how to handle um, bodies as well. And 
we we spoke extensively asking were these hoaxed? Are they real? How how can we look at these? And what's interesting is that there's actually so many documents regarding that. So for those that aren't familiar with the story and those um, pieces of paper, you can watch two of the shows right here on this channel because we're not going to go too deep into that today. But in this particular conversation with Truman, it is important to at least touch on. Is there anything that I'm missing when it comes to that particular project before we continue on? Well, uh, yeah, um, I, we need to stress. Yeah, you're you, excellent job. But here's the thing. Um, 1947 uh, with Roswell, um, with uh, uh, Kenneth Arnold and Tacoma, Washington, the Rhodes uh, sighting and photographs in in Phoenix. You also had Cape Girardeau um, and and through all of that in World War II and the food fighters and everything else. But then there was the 1952 UFO flap over Washington, D.C. And we're talking about press conferences and the media and and no control of of what was flying over our capital. And A fire started that day, yeah, like yeah, media-wise. Yeah. And so Truman was uh, uh, really forced to deal with this. The entire country... When we talk about UFO mania, right, everybody and these sightings um, uh, historically, if if you go back and look, uh, not only, um, at, you know, at Richard Dolan's book or, or go and, and look at sightings and, you know, you can go back to Cape Girardeau, uh, there were um, throughout the 1940s all the way to 1950, 51, 52, 53 sightings all over the United States by military, by pilots, by citizens. And I would say that in some cases, we're talking about, you know, tens of thousands of people um, were reporting things sometimes in a day. Some of these sightings uh, were were huge, where uh, you had uh, thousands of people witnessing uh, these events. And, and Truman and the FBI and the newly created CIA and, of course, the newly created Air Force had to deal with all of this. So Project Sign, Project Grudge, Project Blue Book, um, and, and Truman's executive orders on all of this uh, were, were, were weighing so heavily on him. I can't imagine his administration and what you know, the public um, in general and the panic that was going on, it seemed like every day there were reports and headlines of, of flying saucers invading the country. It is. And one, of course, he was pressed on this topic by multiple reporters, but probably the most famous one um, that is recorded in an interesting quote when he was asked about flying saucers the Truman said like do, so he the question was do you believe in flying saucers like what's going on here and Truman said only in the newspapers did you ever hear of the moon hoax and then he kind of brushed off the conversation after this in a press conference from uh July 10th 1947 mm -hmm. and it's like 
Okay, so we're we're seeing how he's handling the situation. And this is actually kind of a, a style that we see with a few other presidents as well, where they kind of brush it off in a more comical way, or they don't really go into detail, or they don't really show any interest or emotion uh, in, into questions regarding UFOs and flying saucers and things like this. So he's the man that started it, and he definitely didn't finish it. And then, uh, you know, uh, succeeding in, in succession, uh, uh, Ike Eisenhower, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, he's next in line. And right. and the crazy part about Eisenhower were his his comments about uh, the military industrial complex and 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 the fears and uh, uh, the the warning signs. And then there's everything else around him that I, I mean, I hope that one day we get we get confirmation uh, with a lot of this. Uh, but there are, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. There is a lot around Ike. And when we go to um, right here in my neighborhood, we have Edwards Air Force Base, which is Moroc. Uh, back then was Moroc Airfield, Army Airfield. It's now called Edwards. Um, out here, uh, about two hours away from Edwards is Palm Springs, California. And one of the stories uh, around Eisenhower is that he was in Palm Springs and then had... Back that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. A meeting scheduled. Oh, this is one of my favorite stories. Now, now, and, and so he uses the excuse of having to get his teeth cleaned. Right, right. He's got to go to the dentist. So they take him off the books, right? You know, because every minute of the day of a president is is logged. We know where he's at. Well, he's going to the dentist, and he disappears for the day. And the story is he drives from Palm Springs out here uh, to Edwards Air Force Base and and has a meeting with E.T. Now, uh, around that time, uh, from uh, 1945 to 1955, a, a good solid 10-year period, the reports of flying saucers at Edwards were not not quite a daily occurrence, but it certainly seemed that way. And there were a lot of official um, uh, uh, reports filed about uh, silver disc in in the skies, uh, in and around, and landing. 
at Edwards Air Force Base and Moroc uh, Army Airfield. And so that's where that's where Ike went to go and, and have a meeting, one of a couple, but that was around Eisenhower. And then he had, uh, so we had that and we have uh, the video, uh, not video, the film and the photographs of of the stuff above uh, the desert here, above Edwards Air Force Base. And then, of course, on his watch was Holloman. Holloman Air Force Base, which is next to Roswell. It's so good. Yeah. Like, this is one of my favorite stories. Well, tell us about it. I'll let you... Uh, first off, John, thank you so much for the super sticker. It says, sorry to have missed the show. Something came up. We'll watch the replay. Soldier on. Thank you, John. So when it comes to Eisenhower, yes, it's believed somewhat that he did have meetings with extraterrestrials. And it seemed like there was more than just one encounter. One of them was brushed off as being a dentist visit when he was visiting the Edwards um Air Force Base. But then there was another one that took place in 1955 in the Holloman Air Force Base, where he was supposed to go to a uh, plantation to just do some hunting and, and just kind of be out of the office for a while to go and relax. Well, as soon as he got to this plantation in Georgia, um, he, quote, got the sniffles, and then he was kind of MIA for the next, I believe, 48 hours, give or take a little bit. And then from there, there was a witness account of one of the people on this plane that Eisenhower was on going from Georgia over to the Holloman Air Force Base, where while this plane was, was out and about in the air, there was a UFO hovering right above it or right next to it. This is off of memory. And then as soon as they land at the Holloman Air Force Base, allegedly Eisenhower enters a UFO craft for about 45 minutes, comes out, gets back on the plane, and heads back over to Georgia to the plantation to where he then went back to the White House. And it's believed that there he had a meeting um, with some type of entity believed to be the hook-nosed greys. And from there, there was this type of trade that happened where um, Eisenhower would allow abductions to take place if he could receive advanced technology. And while it sounds incredibly outlandish, it is one of my favorite stories right next to the Colaris Brazil incident in 1977. Except, <clears throat> let me be perfectly clear, there is film. Okay, so film was shot and you can see part of uh, this footage in uh, a documentary out there. And so, uh, which only shows the craft coming down. It doesn't show it landing. Um, I have talked to two people that have seen the entire film and have described, and I, I, I think I've, I've even posted uh, or on a previous Fade to Black show, um, drawings from those that have seen the film of the entity as he comes down and what he looks like. He's got a headdress. You know, he's got this thing. He's got gowns, the flowing robes, the grace, right? Comes down, and uh, I think he has a, st a staff or he's got some communication. He's got some device in his hand. 
and and he comes down and he meets um, with it in the footage. He is greeted by the military. Eisenhower um, strikes a deal. They sign a treaty, and and now the now the, I'm going to go allegedly. Let's go allegedly. I haven't seen the treaty, but the treaty was an agreement for an exchange, an agreement of exchanging stuff that we would get technology, no word really on what that technology was or is, um, in exchange for checking out life on Earth. Now, there's also, does that mean abductions? (laughs) Could be. Um, there is, um, the famous scene in, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which some say represents the agreement between Ike and E.T., which is an exchange of Flight 19 comes off of the E.T. craft. We have an exchange of, uh, grays, right? We, we do this thing and, and we get our, our humans back. Some say Project Serpo. Uh, was part of this. And uh, now I I don't know, but the thing is, uh, Christina, is there is film. The film does exist. And like I said, um, uh, uh, I'll get the name. Somebody post the name of the documentary. I just can't think of it uh, right now. Yeah, where where can people find this video well, it's Bob to go like, check it out? Bob Emenegger. Uh, oh, at- yeah, yeah. Which yeah, we, yeah. we went into detail on that in another episode talking about the Holloman Air Force Base. Robert Emenegger, his last name, it just rolls off the tongue it so does. nicely. And, and his story, which again, we... For those that are listening and those that are watching, we have gone into detail on this specific case. You can find it here on this channel. But with his encounter in particular, not his encounter, but the process of him creating this documentary slash science fiction movie, however you want to see it, he got a lot of help. Uh, so he says from the CIA and FBI, like they told him what to put in, what not to put in. They promised him to give him footage um, to use, but then they kind of backed up last minute, but he was able to see it, but he wasn't able to put it in the film to my understanding, but that's what drawings. Yes. Yes. And all of this now. So if, I don't want to jump too far forward. Emin Egger um, and his producers uh, were approached for a disclosure project and and Disney was going to be involved. They were going to do this like at amusement parks. They were going to have this thing, this rolling event going across the country with flying saucers and people could go up and see, you know, uh, uh, wax figurines of alien grays and go and see this footage of, of Holloman air force base. And this was part of the original disclosure project. And so that would have been through the Nixon administration. And then, uh, the turnover uh, uh, and the turmoil, I should say, that happened in the country at that time, Nixon resigning, uh, right. Gerald Ford and and everything else, that uh, the project was scrapped um, uh, for rolling this out across the country with this uh, with this uh, uh, museum moving from city to city. But the film project was going to continue. And so in the uh, documentary. Past, present, and future is what it's called. UFOs, past, present, and future. In the documentary, they say 
you know, we have access to the Pentagon. We have access to, and it shows them walking uh, down the halls of the Pentagon that they had a complete cooperation with the White House and uh, with the U.S. military. And and here we go with this documentary. But what was promised was the Holloman Air Force Base film to be a part of this documentary. And uh, that got pulled. They were only allowed to use a very small piece of it of the UFO landing at uh, in the sky approaching Holloman Air Force Base. But all of this, again, floating around uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Um, just uh, just in a, again, what a crazy eight years for him and all. <laughs> right. Definitely. Or- yeah, and it, no, or did he do did 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 he do three terms? Who did three terms? Was that Roosevelt? It was yeah, it was only Roosevelt. He was the only president that's done three terms. After yeah. him, it's only been two terms for every other president. Right, right. I yeah. can't remember these things. I'm not. I'm not that old. <laughs> Charles, uh, thank you so much for the super sticker. It says much love, much appreciated. Yeah, right on. So let's we're we're skimming through these, and I'm loving it. Am, am I missing one between Eisenhower and Carter for you? Which which one do you uh, want to touch on? Well, um, yeah, we've got to go with Gerald Ford. All right, and let's we do gotta, it. we got to do Richard Nixon. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's do Richard Nixon next. Now, this is what happened with Richard Nixon. So and Nixon was part of the Eisenhower administration. And right. and without getting into John F. Kennedy and, and Johnson, let's roll past that and let's scoot up to um, Richard Nixon, because this is the story around Richard Nixon. He was good friends with Jackie Gleason and Jackie liked to, right. He liked to, you know, mm-hmm. take the sippy sip. Nice. So Gleason is in Florida and in Florida, um, uh, South Florida is Homestead Air Force Base. And so Nixon rolls into town. Jackie's got him on the phone and he goes, man, I'm over here doing that, you know, and dude, can you hear that? No, I can't hear anything. Listen, no, I don't hear anything. It's a friggin' rocket taking off. I, I tried. Man, I wish I was outside that. That was loud. That was crazy. Okay, I just broke my microphone. It's still going on. Um, so Nixon, uh, uh, Jackie calls up Nixon. He's he's at home drinking, and they start talking UFOs. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And Nixon, you know, E.T., aliens. And uh, Nixon uh, says, hey, man, meet me. I want to show you something. So Jackie goes and hooks up, picks up Nixon. This is this is the story from Jackie. Now, if I've got it messed up a little bit, it did. Okay. All right. All right. I'm taking artistic license here, but he goes and he picks up, he picks up tricky Dick and they, they drive over. They're not in the motorcade. They're not in the presidential limousine. They're in Jackie Gleason's car. From my understanding, they drive over to Homestead air force base. They go on the air force base. Nixon takes them to a hangar. They go in, and there's a flying saucer. I, I, I just want to point out really fast. When you said Tricky Dicky, that was Richard Nix, Nixon's nickname. For those that didn't know, I just I really just want to say that. <laughs> so so anyway, thank you for that for, uh, the clarification. Yeah, so it takes him in and shows him a flying saucer, and um, now Jackie Gleason starts telling people this story and I don't think, um, and there's closure to the story too, as well. That that's even crazier. Um, but, uh, I don't think anybody from the white house like, uh, denied any of this. So the story stayed and it, it influenced Jackie Gleason so much that he built his house to look like the flying saucer. No way. And that house is is still, it was for sale like 20 years ago. And I was like, man, I want to buy Jackie Gleason's flying saucer house. Hold on. Um, um, I will, uh, let me pull this up. Jackie Gleason UFO house. Wow, that just pops right up in uh, Google uh uh, there it is. Okay, so you ready? I'm ready. I want to see this. I'm excited. I mean, it, it's it's like uh, crazy town. Um, Let's we'll see it. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And for those that are listening to this on a podcast platform, jump over to YouTube so that you can also see the image that Jimmy will be sharing with us. If uh, if I shared it in the right, um, oh come on! Man. Oh my gosh, the suspense is killing me, Jimmy. Well, it's not that I saved it in the wrong folder. Oh, there it is. Okay, so it's here. Okay, all right. Just all right. just relax, young lady. I've got I've got this. I think I've got this. Okay, here it is. I'm ready to see it. Okay, all right. All right, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's see this? It's flying saucer house. I've got I've got way too many screens going on at the same time, but this is it. And there's lots of uh, um, 
lots of images of this online, but that's that's what he saw in the hangar. And he built this house. Yeah, and it, it went up for sale, but it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Tons of uh pictures of this online. You can see in color. I just grabbed what what I could grab the quickest. But there's Jackie Gleason's flying saucer house. It it uh it influenced him that much. So then as if that's not enough. So that's 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 President Nixon, Tricky Dick. His vice president was a cat named Gerald Ford. Okay, a so cat? Uh, what cat? Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah, Gerald Ford was a cat. He was a cheetah. You didn't know that? No. Okay. All right. So uh, Gerald Ford, and and Gerald Ford, most people f- kind of forgot that he was president, right? He was right. President. Poor guy. You know, he was president for uh, a couple of dozen months or something. So, have a memorable face, you know? Well, and so this is what's important about Gerald Ford. He was governor of Michigan, and that's where the term was coined, swamp gas. Okay, so J. Allen Hynek, they have this uh, this mass sighting in this town in Michigan, and and it was great, and and the citizens were were outraged, and the swamp gas excuse came up, and Gerald Ford said, "Not so fast, man. There's something going on here." So Gerald Ford turned around and said, "We need to have hearings in Washington D.C." and and he was governor at that time. Cat, a cool person in the hippie days. Thank you for that. <laughs> Ah, and uh, uh, so Gerald Ford and what was going on in in Michigan was very concerned about uh, uh, flying saucers, ET, what what the citizens were seeing. And he was governor of the state and he wanted answers. So they actually had hearings in Congress. And that was the last time we had any hearings in Congress until six months ago. Christina, and that was all Gerald Ford, and he was he was pounding the desk. He was upset, and he wanted to get answers. He wanted answers from the government. He wanted uh, answers from the Air Force. He wanted clarity on all of this. He felt that the citizens of Michigan truly saw something from outer space, you know, that, that came, uh, 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 flew over Michigan and, and he wanted answers. And, uh, after that he becomes vice president under Nixon, Nixon resigns, he becomes president, but just like you said, nothing, nothing, nothing. He was only president for three years was it and was it yeah from 1974 to 1977 and I, I i did look this up just now it says what is unique about gerald ford's presidency and it says nothing it says na it, Poor it, guy. it was um uh he okay we need to move on uh but i'm going to say this i was i was around for all of that you know, I was 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, old enough to remember. And Saturday Night Live uh, started. And Chevy Chase would do this impression of Gerald Ford because Gerald Ford, 
he got caught. This is his thing. He tripped. He like tripped and fell. And oh, suddenly no. that would be, just became the. It became the, the original meme. Yeah, the original. It was on Saturday Night Live. Every time Chevy Chase would do his impression of Gerald Ford, it was him stumbling and falling and tripping. And that was, you know, that's that's his legacy. I think he was a nice guy. Um, uh, he just uh, was was lackluster, you know, and he had the end of the Vietnam War that was going on while he was there and uh, the end of the Apollo space program which was probably because, you know, uh, with everything that went down with Nixon and the turmoil, you got to remember, Nixon resigned. He resigned as president. And the Watergate scandal, for those that didn't know. It it, it was the Watergate scandal. And Gerald Ford, I think a lot of vice presidents, look, I'm an an American. I can say this. You can't say this if you're not from America, uh, if you're not a United States citizen. But I can, which is... If you're vice president, you just it's just a it's a it's a it's a figurehead. It's a title. But you're not really doing nothing for 4 years and the last thing that you think is going to happen is the president is, is going to resign and suddenly you've got to really work. Well, that happened to Gerald Ford. You know, he's a nice guy, he's just cruising along, doing his thing. He was humble, he was quiet, and then all of a sudden he was president of the United States. And, um, and it was, uh, it was so many things happening at the same time. And so many things got caught up in that turmoil, uh, which the Apollo program, uh, of course, Vietnam, uh, the oil embargo, gas prices, all of this was happening at the same time. He inherited all of that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, people don't remember that he was president. Yeah, he was not elected. You know, he was. Yeah, he was appointed. That's right. Because even the vice president also resigned. Um, thank you so much, Gora G, for giving us that information. Actually, when I looked up what was it special about his presidency, yeah, yeah, it was this information, which is practically very disappointing. If that's all you have about being unique, yeah, uh, who was, in your bio, I forget uh, who was Nixon's vice president. Uh, was it? Well, who was, was it Agnew? Who was? I am Googling it. Nixon's VP. It was was, Agnew. Yeah, Spiro Agnew. That's right. That's right. See, I had it right. That's pretty good. Yeah, I had it right. I had it right. It was, it was a crazy time. It was a crazy time. Christina, I remember. I'm just a little kid, right? So I was born in 63. This All of this went down in 72. And uh, 72, the Watergate thing. And I am serious. You, uh, Our apartment building, you could walk. I did this. I walk up the sidewalk and, you, could, uh, you know, nowhere, windows are open. Every TV, uh, every black and white TV was on with the Watergate hearings. And you could hear it just echoing every, it was insanity. And then, of course, Nixon resigned. I'll never forget that. I will, I will, I will, I will resign the office of president at room tomorrow. Like, what did he say? <laughs> what? Yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. I mean, just imagine if you, at your age right now, the president just comes on and says, you know what? Uh, I'm resigning. Yeah, it was crazy. 
It was nuts. It would be something that you would remember forever because that it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Moving on, let's talk about Jimmy Carter. Yes. He's a a very interesting one because he had an interest in UFOs while he was governor. So even before he became president. He had a sighting and a sighting that he reported and and went on the record with. That's right. He had a sighting. um, It was in Georgia. Um, It was a craft. He couldn't explain it. And uh, it it was so important uh, to him. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I almost said it was a paradigm shift, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do but that. But you just did it, and but, and it made not, me blush. But but that's but that's what happened. So he goes, he he does an official report. And, and he says this on Larry King's live as well, which was like the biggest TV show to watch interviews with high profile people almost of all time. And he tells his story there. But you're right. He also did file um, some. He also did file what he saw as well, which is really interesting for someone in his record. position. Well, and he made it part of his campaign. That's right. And he excuse me. He tells everybody, I had this UFO sighting, and if I get elected president, I'm going to get answers. I'm going to find out what's going on. This is it. And, yeah, yeah, he was one of the uh, one of the only, certainly up to that time, uh, he was one of the only presidents that went on the record about UFOs and a personal sighting, and it didn't ruin his political career. He went on and got elected, but but Christina... Nothing happened, you know, and so the question I I think arises uh, as we continue down the list, what happens? Let me ask you this, Christine. What do you think happens? You get elected, right? Mm -hmm. President Gomez, you get elected. You, you, the helicopter lands. Right, you just had your inauguration. You come, you're at the you're at the White House. You're going across. Check out the rose garden. It looks nice. I'm going to plant some new stuff over there. But this is looking pretty good over here. Okay, let's get into the Oval Office. You walk into the Oval Office. You sit down. What do you think happens at that point? Because every president goes through it. Probably a brain fart. A brain fart. I feel like that would only be appropriate if you sit what? in the chair after like all of this emotion happening for all the years that you were campaigning. You finally get there, you win, you sit down, and you're like, now what? 
Okay. Okay. So brain farts over. Then what happens? Then you're going to walk over to Abraham Lincoln's room and get some EVP recordings. Because <laughs> the White House is haunted. Allegedly. What happened to this show? What happened to the intellectual integrity? This oh, wow. Okay, but you, you, we are we are fully aware that the White House has a lot of stories regarding I know, ghosts. I know, I know, but, but what, so then, so happened? let me flip the question back to you, Jimmy. No, no, what would you do? Do you think? Well, this is uh, it's it, your point is well taken, Christina, and I understand. Do you think that there is a, a binder? Of the secret stuff, of all the secret stuff, right? all the countries, Russia, China, this, that, blah, blah, yeah, all the secret stuff, the dossiers, and then, you know, the UFO section. And you're going to open that up and you're going to get to what is happening. Do you think that that occurs? And I would assume as quickly as possible where you've got the changeover of the administrations, they're going to want to get you up to speed really quick on all the secrets, on all the secret stuff. Do you think that that happens or do you think that you find out who the real boss is and that the boss isn't you? The latter. Yeah. Yeah. Because every president, I think, finds out very quickly that their hands are tied. You know, you've There's got only so much information that they can get, because as I had said, right when we started today's show, it's. Being a president is a job, four to eight years, and then someone else gets the same position as you, right? So if if they were briefed on everything, that would be a national security issue. And and what, how much can a president absorb? You have to, I mean, you know what I mean? I'm talking about current information, current issues, current this, current... You know, you think you have uh, uh, things to do when you go through finals, right? How much do you, you know? Now, just imagine where you've got 200 countries, 200 world leaders, 200 sets of international geopolitical agendas that are laying out in front of you. And then you have the 50 states and and guam right 50 states and it, all of the and then everything else that goes on beyond that how much can a president absorb and understand well obviously not all of it and, so and, and not enough especially when you're dealing with so many other issues the ufo conversation is probably the least important and i wonder about the alleged president's book of secrets right that is passed on with with each succession do you think that's a reality i when the, the short answer is absolutely yes because area 51 which started off as the ranch right okay uh 1955 built by the cia it was a cia complex area 51 okay uh, uh, not until the mid 90s and the movie independence day was there any official recognition and apparently no president up until 1995 knew that it existed here inside of the united states <laughs> north of las vegas so, yeah, the answer to your question is is yes. I mean, how much 
You know, and even if a, a president, um, uh, which we've heard many modern presidents say, which we're going to get to, that uh, they they tried to find out, and we'll get to that. Tried to find out, couldn't. Nope. Couldn't, you know, I did. Well, I did. I asked, but right. Let's let's get into that now because we still have a few more to cover. We don't have a lot of time. Let's continue with Carter before we jump over because there is some important information regarding him. So as you had mentioned, when he was running for president, he was like, I will disclose aliens practically. But as soon as he won the presidency, he kind of backed away from his pledge, saying that the release of some information might have defense implications and pose a threat to national security. However, during his presidency, Carter also asked NASA to investigate UFOs, according to Leslie Kane. And Carter made a request through his science advisor, Frank Press, in 1977, mm -hmm. asking NASA to look into UFOs, mm -hmm. even though the request came came from the highest office in the land, mm -hmm. right, president, uh, NASA declined. Then he went over and he asked CIA director George W. Bush, who later became a president. Mm -hmm. And even he declined Carter of the information, stating, mm -hmm. nope, we're not going to give that to you. A little bit afterward, allegedly Carter fired CIA director, but it states that George W. Bush resigned from his position. Mm-hmm. And it makes you question, let's let's say Carter did fire George W. Bush. Let, let's just go there. Was it because he wasn't getting information from the CIA regarding extraterrestrials or something else? Yeah. And I think that every president uh, does that. They come in and, and bring in their own CIA director. Um, so that they know that they, you know, uh, that they're going to have open uh, and honest discussion about uh, what is going on in the world. And and, and uh, th those types of secrets wouldn't be, you know, the agenda. Right. That's true. And and so uh, I think that every president does that and they are afforded that sometimes they go through a couple. You know, there hasn't been that many CIA directors, by the way, um, but uh, it is uh, it, it's part of the record. Uh, w or I mean, uh, uh, George, Her he was Herbert Walker, right? George. Yes. Yeah. George H.W. Bush. H.W. Herbert Walker. I could. There's W. Then there's H.W. Right? right. Okay. So anyway, but Bush said no. No, <laughs> no, I'm not, not in my house. And then you're like, whoa. And then, and then it really goes to show who's wearing the pants. Yeah. Well, again, uh, back to the point that I was just making here. Um, and, and you mentioned this earlier, presidents come in four or eight years, right? That's it. That's it. The agenda is by career professionals that are in their jobs for 20, 30, 40, 50 years and their agenda and what is going on uh, outlives every presidential administration because at the max, it's eight years at the max. Yeah. Could be four, could be eight, unless you're Nixon. So, and, and so that's that, and they know this. So no matter what, how much are we going to, how much do they need to know Right? How much do they really need this information? 
it's, and, it's, it's a need to know basis and aliens and UFOs going back maybe beyond Roswell. All that stuff has been classified above the presidential level. I mean, like I keep saying, there are like they are there to do a job for a temporary period of time. Uh, would they have a need to know access like you'd think so? Right. I mean, right off the cuff. But then for the bureaucrats and career officials with a need to know what would cause them to brief the president. Look, maybe maybe the Phoenix Lights event would prompt such a briefing that happened in 1997. Uh, th these are the kinds of things that I wonder if there. If, if there's a, a briefing file on standby somewhere to be used in the case of a mass sighting or a very public UFO event, mm -hmm. that's that's a good question to ask. And I I guess in a sense, I would imagine so or like someone's going to get go into the cabinet. You hear that sound. They have all of these files. All right. UFO mass UFO sighting. Let's pull that out. Mr. President, you should probably read this. And look at uh, there. It's not just um, uh, the things that we know about here in the United States, but if we take a look at uh, a case like Rendlesham, which was U.S. Air Force, but it, it it happened in a foreign country in the United Kingdom. Now that has the potential for an international thing, uh, you know, some uh, scandal event. Uh, certainly, it's geopolitical um, uh, in its smallest version, but that's that had to have because the CIA was involved, uh, the Pentagon's involved, the Air Force is involved. That I would think that the president would have been briefed on that. You, every morning you wake up, you do your security briefing. They hand you the folder. This is what's going on today, right? And flipping through there, Rendlesham UFO encounter outside the gates of a of an Air Force base. Right. And and if, if that is the case, and I would think that that would happen. And if it doesn't, are we shielding the president from from E.T. events? And I keep going back to uh, Independence Day, but the Air Force got involved with the production of Independence Day because they were going to mention uh, Area 51, which hadn't been publicly disclosed to at that point. And um, uh, Washington got involved and said, you can't do this. And, and, and they said, no, we are. We're, this is going to stay in the film. That needed approval uh, from Washington to make that. But it was the comment and the way that it was set up in the movie, right? There is no secret base with aliens, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, sir, that's not entirely accurate. Right. You know, the famous line in the movie, which I think uh, represents exactly what is going on. Uh, the president can't and doesn't know everything. It's it's just impossible. Just no. impossible. Let's let's move on over to Ronald Reagan. He was president between 1981 to 1989. He had a UFO sighting as well. We talked about that when we did the Mysteries of California. Mm -hmm. If you want to hear about that sighting in detail, you can find it here on this channel in Mysteries of California. But he's probably best well known for his very famous speech that he did in 1987 in front of the U.N., 
And do you want to tell us the quote? You want me to say it? Well, uh, yeah, the quote was in eight different speeches. It wasn't uh, it, the the United Nations speeches is the one that's uh, featured so much the audio and stuff. But it was done in eight different right. speeches, and and Ronald wanted to make sure that uh, there was a lot going on with Gorbachev at the time in Russia and 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 things in the Cold War. And and President Reagan at the time really wanted to chill stuff out. And so he kept adding this line, his speechwriter, right? And and Ronald would go in and he would write in the margins of the official speech, you know, the typewritten one, he would write in that line, right? Imagine how we can all come together as a world if an alien, right, from beyond this earth. Well, um, uh, that line uh, he he made sure was in eight different speeches, and including the United Nations, and it was a direct reference to if we got invaded by aliens by ET, wouldn't we forget our differences here on Earth and come together as Earthlings, right? And, and well, of course, the short answer to that is yes, absolutely, President Reagan, we would. But did he have, you know, some inside information? And remember, uh, with, with Reagan, it was Star Wars. Uh, uh, not the movie, the, the satellite technology, these references uh, uh, with Reagan uh, about E.T. and other things. And, of course, his siding with, with Nancy um, in the 1960s, driving up, uh, driving down PCH, where they saw a craft um, uh, out uh, over the Pacific Ocean. That was one sighting. He had another sighting in uh, 1974. Yeah, in, in his airplane, and he was looking out, and everybody saw it. And apparently, uh, they watched this for uh, 10 or 20 minutes. It was a long time. And uh, they landed, and he wanted information. He wanted to know uh, uh, what they saw outside of their windows. You know, it was a private aircraft. So Ronald was, and he he was very vocal about this. When he had the sighting with Nancy, he was on his way to a party in Hollywood. I won't get into the details, but he goes to to the party at Lucille Ball's house, and he walked in. They told everybody, me, me and Nancy driving down PCH. Saw, saw a flying saucer, right? And everybody wanted to know, and the press was there, right? This is a Lucille Ball party, and, and that made it into the headlines. So, yeah, Ronald Reagan uh, was right there. And I think he was, uh, I think he was okay with disclosure. I, I would... I would assume so with the two sightings that he had and the speech that he made over and over again using the concept of being invaded by extraterrestrials to make his speech more powerful for people to feel like they were truly understanding what he was saying. So I, I would believe that he was probably pro-disclosure, maybe compared to a few other presidents, one of them being George Bush Sr., who was president between 1989 and 1993. And his, as, vice, his vice president. 
Exactly. And I would like to state once again that he was the former director of the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA. And you would assume with that kind of position, right, that you would be briefed on all things, anything from things that are normal to things that are abnormal. Mm -hmm. So probably the conversation of extraterrestrials, and I am just assuming here, would be in some of his briefings during his time as the former director. But what was really interesting was that back in the 1980s, Bush was asked about UFOs by a journalist, and he replied, Americans can't handle the truth, which that in itself is a really interesting statement. But but then he was also asked uh, questions by UFO researcher Charles Huffer during a presidential rally trip to Rogers, uh, Arkansas in 1988. And when I read Arkansas, I just I want to say Arkansas so bad. I really have to, like, push hard and not can. say it. You can. <laughs> and you this question. Arkansas. It just seems appropriate. But when Charles asked a question to Bush. His answer was, well, his question was, will you tell us the truth about UFOs? And Bush replied, yeah, if we can find it, whatever it is, we are really interested. Look, I know some and actually I know a fair amount of information is what he's referring to. And you're like, "Okay, yeah, I want to I want to push harder into this. Like, what is going on? What information can you tell us? But he was a very tight lipped president. He did not give out any information regarding extraterrestrials, at least to my knowledge, not publicly, maybe behind closed doors. That's a different story. But Bush also supported space exploration as well and was once quoted in a speech as saying, We will travel to neighboring stars, to new worlds, to discover the unknown. And I found that uh, really interesting, especially like, let's say he does know, did know about extraterrestrials, right, in detail. And if he did want to kind of go with the disclosure path, it would be wise to take the scientific path versus just having sightings of his own which a ufo did fly over the family's home a family's ranch in texas back in 2006 unfortunately no one was home when this happened but that made headlines um we did talk about this in detail i think on the show about motherships so for those that are listening or watching if you do want to hear the story in detail you can find it there but it is a really interesting one yeah, I was just thinking about putting on my Eddie Van Halen beanie because you just look so comfortable and I'm freezing cold. And here's uh, looking at the clock, we've got uh, uh, to me uh, coming up next, uh, we could we could go with uh, uh, Bush. Let's we, we've done too much Bush. So let's move on um, from uh, Bush, because I think that Bill Clinton and and Barack Obama, uh, the well, two of them. Sorry, Jimmy. I just uh, you talked about beanies, and it just hit me. I'm actually wearing the beanie that Tina made me, and it's really comfy. Which Tina? Tina. That last name. I'm not even gonna try to read it because, gosh, my dyslexia is gonna butcher it. But this one, she is no. so sweet. She sent me this beanie. She made it herself. Tomaszewski. 
Oh, is that how you say it? Tomaszewski, which mm-hmm. I will state no one has ever knitted anything for me. This is the first time. Are you so it's kidding? very special. Tina, Tina made that for you. She did. Look, it's and then also like little hand gloves too that are the same oh, color. And Tina, I want a beanie. I want to, I want to be, see, see, now I can't, now I can't get the Tina beanie. And, and you can't wear the Van Halen because it's, it's, it won't be as cool as mine. No, no, no. I was looking for it. I was going to put it on. I have it here somewhere. Well, and... While you look for it, I want to, I don't think I've ever seen you wear a beanie. So I'm in Hyde says, and thank you so much for the super chat. It says, this was darn fun guys. Thank you. Thank you. I did have to censor that just a little bit. But while you're doing that, the next president we can talk about is Bill Clinton. He was president between 1993 and 2001. Oh, that's a cool one. It's still in the bag, too. Oh, we're going to you're going to open it right here right now. Interesting. Well, while you're doing that, this is Bill Clinton. And in tag on. If you like, that's like a style for some people. That's kind of that's kind of hip and fresh, and dope, right? To leave the tag on. You're asking the wrong person. Hold on, gotta have the. See, it's hip and fresh too. Let's put you in full screen. Oh, very cool! It keeps you warm. Beanies are the best, especially right. when you don't wash your hair. Like, amazing. All right. I oh, like it. Oh, I kind of dig this. No, you look cool. I'm I'm hip and fresh and to the curb. That's right. Kick them to the curb. Well, All right. So. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, where were we? We talking we, about Bill Clinton. Okay, Bill. I think, uh, and I, I missed all of that while I was going uh, uh, to 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 get the beanie. What what I think that for all of us, myself, to have Bill on multiple occasions go on late night, you know, talk television, right? These talk shows and and discuss ET. But but here's the thing and I want I, I want to be very clear here. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All of those conversations that go on with a talk show host, especially with a, a sitting or ex-president, are all staged. Okay? 
It's not like, uh, you know, David Letterman, Jimmy Kimmel, or whoever. I don't know who else is a late-night talk show host these days. But um, this isn't off of the cuff. They're not catching Bill Clinton by surprise. Bill wants wants to be asked. My my thing is flopping around on the back of my head here. Let me see. Now, is that more? Is that more to the curb if I do this? It looks very rad. That's pretty to the curb. Um, these are all, Bill knows his answers. He knows the questions are coming. Um, this is a message for the people. This is going out uh, to millions of people on late night television. And the question is, why? What's, what's, what's the reason for this? Why are these discussions happening? And uh, now I'm not saying that Jimmy Kimmel or, or, or Letterman or, or whoever else uh, these conversations went down didn't want to do it. Of course, it's, it's great television and, and the audience wants to hear it. But this is coming from the Prezo Den, right? And these questions are there and they're rehearsed and um, uh, you're not going off script. And you have to ask why, Christina. And, and so why do you think? Bill Clinton on multiple occasions went out there and and staged these ET events on on late night talk shows. Why do you think this happened? No idea. I don't know, but what I can say is what some of his answers uh, were pretty interesting in regard in regards to these UFO questions because time and time again multiple interviewers have asked him what do you think about Area 51 when you became president? Did you look into Roswell? Which, Ro- this is really interesting, with all the more modern presidents, Roswell is a constant question with Bill Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump. Every single time there's an interview about UFOs, it's about Roswell very specifically, which I found interesting, but it's also kind of like the the in a sense, like the birth of the UFO phenomenon and pulp culture and things like that. Mm -hmm. But when he was asked on Jimmy Kimmel Live in 2014 about UFOs, he said that he revised all of the Roswell papers. Like he reviewed all of them. First, I had people to go look at the records on Area 51 to make sure that there was no alien down there. And people thought that because everyone who works there has to stop about an hour away and put on special clothing and then drive in and out. uh, And that's because a lot of our stealth technology is made there. We know that now. But there are no aliens there. And then on that same appearance with Kimmel, Clinton said that there are plenty of planets outside of our solar system and could potentially support life. He states, it makes it increasingly less likely that we're alone. And then appearing on live with Kelly and Ryan, Clinton dropped his biggest hint yet. And probing on whether UFOs were real, the Clinton said that the U.S. government has never proved their existence, but that there are things flying around up there and we haven't fully identified them. Keep in mind, there are billions of galaxies in our ever-expanding universe. I mean, you can't even get your mind around the sheer number of things that are out there. No one knows, but I think the possibility is that there is something you would call life somewhere else. 
that's it. That's it. That, that, that sums it up right there. And there was, there's one other, uh, event, uh, when it comes to bill, um, that needs to be mentioned the movie contact. So they used bill Clinton and they, uh, had him do the press conference announcing, uh, we have made contact and they altered, um, uh, you know, they used uh, computer-generated uh, graphics uh, to alter his mouth for this for this press conference. But uh, it was uh, uh, approved, right? You can't you can't look at it any other way than that. Um, and go back. And for those of you that uh, may not uh, remember. I thought that that was a very important part of of contact and certainly disclosure um, is that moment with uh, President Clinton coming out and and announcing to the world uh, that uh, we've made contact with ET and it's done a few different times in the movie in the in the beginning but go back and watch that and that was uh, that was Bill Clinton and like I said that's that's done with approval you just don't. You just throw that in the movie unless uh, Bill wanted it there and approved right. it. Right. It has to be important. One more thing I would like to mention before we move on over about Clinton is that when he went to Ireland to talk about um, children camp being victimized by political violence, he actually got a letter from a young boy by the name of Ryan. And Ryan asked about the UFO crash at Roswell, New Mexico. And Clinton didn't go to Ireland to talk about UFOs, right? But he was trying, um, but in front of his Belfast audience, Clinton said to Ryan, no, as far as I know, an alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico back in 1947. But, he said, if the United States Air Force did recover alien bodies, they didn't tell me about it either. And I want to know. I found that interesting. I'm sorry, I'm typing. Don't worry about it. Uh, So, let's uh, move over on to Barack Obama, because we only have about a few minutes left. So, with Barack Obama, and I want to share an image here of of, um, him, but the same happened to him when he did his interviews. So many people asked, oh, what do you think about UFOs? What do you think about Roswell? To be so, so specific. And he was kind of more of someone that didn't take the topic seriously, at least not publicly. And actually, when he was running for president in a campaign, there was a question about UFOs and his opposing candidate goes and talks about his story. But then when the question is turned back over to Obama, he states um, here and it says, life beyond here, I don't know and I don't presume to know. What I know is that there is life here on earth and that, and that we're not attending to life here on earth. So there were a few times when he was asked these questions and he made it back to bringing the answer back to earth versus looking out into space. But then in 2015, when he was also on Jimmy Kimmel Live, they kind of touched on UFOs. They kind of joked about it, but it got a little bit more serious when he did an interview with Bill Simmons for GQ. And he says, 
people always ask me about Roswell and the aliens and UFOs. And it turns out the stuff going on on that uh, top secret isn't nearly as exciting as you expect. In this day and age, it's not as top secret as you'd think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I, I thought that that was one of the most, I read that and watched it and heard over and over again. There, there's a lot to unpack with that statement. You know, is. Is, is what is, is what he, is he suggesting, Christina, that no, man, we sit around and talk about ET all the time. Everybody knows it, right? Is it that, is that what he's suggesting or that there isn't life out there and it, 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 no, it's not that big of a deal. We're not worried about it. You know, which way do you go? But if we back up the Jimmy Kimmel, which uh, happened multiple times with Barack, the body language, the way that Barack was trying to make a joke out of it, but the message was very, very clear. Um, and uh, again, these are staged questions. Uh, Barack knows that these questions are coming at him, and he's already got an answer there. So, what what do we do? Right? Is 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 he is he uh, is the joke meant to be real? Right. That's that's what we got. There's this thing. And I I think that the body language um, with Barack at the time, I think he was he was he was telling us what is going on. You know, that (laughs) that that E.T. is here. We've made contact. And and there you go. It's part of the I hate to really uh, use something uh, over and over again, but it's part of the drip, drip, drip of disclosure. Right. Where if you can go and and um, make light of this, you know, make it a, a, a late night talk show, fluffy comedy piece, right, about a very serious subject, then that's the way that you feed the American public for those that, that may not be part of this conversation. And suddenly, by doing it this way, People hear it and they understand it. So, yeah, I think it's done with intention, uh, Christina. I don't think it's uh, this is Jimmy Kimmel off the cuff, you know, with his cards out in front of him. And he's just whipping this stuff out, catching Obama or Clinton or anybody else unexpected. That's not the case here. This is done with intention. And it's really interesting that you bring up body language as well, which is so important to look at for these people in power when they give out information, have it be scripted or have it be raw off the cuff. It is so crucial to look at that. And especially in modern times, I mean, back in the day, right, they would do everything through radio. It's okay if your body language was super stiff and awkward. But today, when everything is through video, you have to be very poised. You also have to learn basic body language as well. And I think overall, when Obama was talking about UFOs, scripted or not, he handled them well body language wise compared to previous presidents that kind of got a little tense. They were playing more with their hands because it, it can be kind of a taboo or difficult question to answer. With him, uh, it, it was he handled it a lot better with the way he presented himself, which I would like to state that sometimes we do talk about body language also on Weekly Strange News, which is every Friday at 5 p.m. PST, I think. And now, I, now it's like on, I forgot. But um, 
which I would like to mention is the is is the most popular show of the week. So if you want to check it out, we talk about strange news um, that happens over the week, and it's at three p.m. PST, six p.m. EST. Just remembered there. But Jimmy, we have one more president to cover before we end today's show. We only got a few minutes left, so I'm like talking really fast now. But that really wasn't done with uh, Obama. <laughs> Can I make one more comment? Absolutely. Okay, I just want to make one one more comment as I straighten it. I want my V center. Is 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 this? Everybody needs to understand. I've worked at the talk shows here in Los Angeles a lot. I've been there. I'm. I, let me tell you, it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, Will Smith, if it's some, if it's some, a chef, or the president. It doesn't matter. The window and how all of this is done is a, is a machine that is running. Everything is done, 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 done. And when you bring in somebody like uh, uh, the Clintons or, or, or Michelle Obama, it doesn't matter, Barack Obama, their time there on the set is extremely limited. And they bring in, they've got Secret Service there. I've been there. I have seen the Secret Service come in and advance a show. I've been there and seen this happen. So they come in. Okay, they're going to come in through here. They're going to sit here. We're going to go here. Okay, okay, we got two minutes here. Then we're going to go in. We're going to do this. Okay, one minute, two minutes on the set. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Here, okay, and then we're out. Right? It's like that. And so when when Barack, this isn't some laissez-faire thing where Barack is just rolling in and been hanging out all day backstage with, with kids right. and crew and they did this thing and it's all relaxed and coming out and they're just going to, and then and they're going to have an after show party. No, it's not like that. We're talking about 10, 15, 20 minutes of them coming into the building, doing the show, and leaving the building, and they're gone. This is completely structured and laid out. Done. So when we're talking about body language or or the questions or the answers, I'm telling you, all of this is planned, orchestrated, worked out, no mistakes. They're not going to do retakes. They're not going to do this. There's nothing that's going to be done. There's not going to be a cut. There's not going to be an edit. It's in and out. I need to stress that with everybody. So these appearances with Clinton, these appearances with Obama are thought out and measured, period. So these are done with intention. There's a message there, right? And don't dismiss or, or let's not take it serious. No, you need to take it completely serious because that's the reason they were there. So think about that. And that's it. I'm off my soapbox. Who did you want to move on to next? There's a reason for everything. The last one we're going to talk about is Donald Trump. He was president between 2016 over to 2020. And in 2019, senators were reportedly kind of coming out of the woodwork to be briefed on extraterrestrial developments after the Times reported in June of that year that Navy pilots were seeing unidentified aircraft off the eastern seaboard on almost a daily basis between 2014 and 2015. When Trump was asked about this, he said, I did have one very brief meeting on it, but people are saying that they're seeing UFOs. Do I believe it? Not particularly. 
And then back in April of 2020, the Pentagon officially released three infrared videos featuring the Nimitz encounter from 2004. And Trump said, I wonder if it's real, because that's a hell of a video. But then two months later, he did an interview with his eldest son on Father's Day when Donald Trump Jr. asked his father if he would ever tell the public about the alleged incident at Roswell in 1947. And Trump said, I won't talk to you about what I know about it, but it's very interesting. Yeah, except that all everything was correct, except for that last part. Um, you know, what you said was correct. Trump made a mistake. Trump thought that he, when his son was talking about Roswell, Trump thought he was talking about Storm Area 51, which was happening at the same time. So Trump's answer, President Trump's answer, was about Storm Area 51. When he said, yeah, no, a lot of people want to know what's going on there. Uh, you know, it, it, that Storm Area 51 was happening at the same time. Eric Trump, or what's his son's name? Did I get that right? Junior. Donald uh, Trump, Trump Jr. Jr. Okay. I don't know. Eric Trump might be a country singer for all I know. Okay. His son, Trump Jr. Um, was definitely asking about Roswell. President Trump's answer was about Area 51. <laughs> Which that that storm, that Area 51 storm was so disappointing. Like there were millions of people that were interested in it and not many showed up. You know, here's here's. Do you remember the videos that were coming out? The storm yes. there, fifty one, when they got to the gate, I and do. there was fifteen people there. The guards coming out, posing. You know, what's uh <laughs> taking selfies and and uh, yeah, yeah, not a whole lot happened. Well, but, ov overall, it was for their good because there would have been just total mass arrests. So I think that for the most part, stay away from bases, people. It's not worth it. Well, it's not I, worth I, it. I, I I think like everybody else, uh, when a storm area fifty one went down, that there was uh. A, it's in the back of everybody's mind. Are there really going to be a million people in the desert, uh, you know, storming the gates of Area 51? Is that, you know, you don't know until it goes down, right? But in the back of our minds, we're all thinking the same thing. You don't know. You have three million people that respond. Let's go, man. Let's go. What was that? What was that? What was that run called? The the run, the Narada. What was that? That. The the run okay. Well, anyway, um, you don't remember that, Christina? That's your generation. That's your video game, Pokemon. Remember the run? Oh, With the Naruto run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that. Thanks, Red Panda Koala. Yeah, <laughs> not from one. Pokemon. It's from Naruto. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was Candy Crush. It's it's not Candy Crush. Not you're, can you're you're making my heart hurt. <laughs> I don't know this stuff. So um, anyway, so it's on the back of all of our minds. And in a weird way, I was relieved that, you know, these are people that just, uh, you know, that, that are just posting, you know, and, and accumulating numbers. I was really relieved that that did not go down. I'm all for a good conference. Let's get together. I'm glad they had that rock concert out there at the Little Alien, right? That was fun. It was a good time, right? Um, but no, we don't need 
we don't need those kind of problems. And people don't understand that 18 miles into the desert, that's, you know, you're not going to walk that. You're not going to run that. You're not going to, no, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, I'm just glad that it didn't go down. No, me neither. What a fun way to end today's show. Jimmy, thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, who's on Fade to Black today? Tonight I'm doing, uh, Jimmy Church is my guest. He's this dude. Pretty cool Interesting. guy. Pretty, pretty cool guy. And I've never heard of him. He's going to, I know, I know. I'm introducing him to the world uh, tonight. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, uh, he's going to be doing a show. Uh, I love talking in the third person. Uh, on the Fermi Paradox. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking so, forward to it. I'm hoping he can keep everybody's attention uh, for two hours. Fingers crossed. Christine, Fingers you're crossed. the best. You're the best. Tina says she's going to make me a black beanie. And then we'll be matching in different colors, but the same style. Oh, I'm so excited. Jimmy, yeah. thank you so much. I'll catch you later. Thank you for everyone watching this show live. Out of all the things that we covered today, which president was your favorite that has maybe some of the most compelling information that you enjoyed the most? I would like to mention that tomorrow is Weekly Strange News, where I'll be having an incredible co-host by the name of Kristen Amanda, who has her own podcast called the Parapod Girl Podcast. It's a very fascinating. We had her on Shifting the Paradigm not too long ago. And we'll be covering all of the strange and unusual news from around the world. You do not want to miss tomorrow's show. And then on Tuesday for Shifting the Paradigm, we have Jeff Belanger. He is an explorer of everything mysterious. And we cover some super cool topics. So make sure to hit the notification bell on YouTube so that you do not miss any of the videos that are here on this channel. And make sure to hit the like button before you head out. It really supports this channel. It helps with the YouTube algorithm to get more people to see this content and to be inspired by everything strange and mysterious. I will see you all tomorrow. Be safe. And remember, keep your eyes on the skies.